0: God, I pray pray that that no one would miss you today, Jesus. Jesus. I thank Thank you you for for that little pale blue dot that you created. And And I I pray that we would see you, the one who created all things, clearly today. And so help me to communicate as clearly as I can so that we would see you, Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. Well we, well, we two of our, our series, series on launch, and uh, I love this series, and I love what's behind this, and just to get your mind warmed up a little bit, we had given out a little devotional both last week. If you picked up one, or you forgot to pick up one, or weren't here last week, I think there are still a few more available in the back. We can print more if you need it, uh, but just to give you a little facts in case you didn't read yours in the front, uh, we are spinning right now at this very moment at 1,000 miles per hour. And And there's there's a reason reason for spinning spinning 1,000 miles per per hour, and that's a good thing, because it is holding our world together, and and we get to experience life as we know it here. But not only are we spinning at 1,000 miles an hour, but 67,000 miles an hour, we are taking this little journey around the sun. That's what we are doing, and that's what we launched on last week at the beginning of the year, that in one year, we take one trip around the sun. And And that that one trip trip around around the sun sun represents 584 million miles. We've We've already already traveled, in case you were wondering, 19.2 million miles already already this year. year. Are you tired? tired? That's that amazing, too. too. And, and we just, we just want it wanted to be intentional about thinking about our journey around the suns. So we don't just let another year go by, but what is it, God, that you want us to do in this year? And hence the devotional uh, book that we printed and gave to you that encouraged you to, to journal in it. I've been journaling in mine and hope uh, you have been as well. But we really just want you to stop and to consider, to wonder, to think about the greatness of Our God God. and see Him in all of creation.
1: Now, a number of years ago, when I was a kid growing up, and this was a long,
0: long time ago, I had a job working at Little Caesars. And so, as an assistant manager, I often get the opportunity to close up the store at night. And what that meant is I would get home and all of my family would already be asleep. Um, but there was really not much to do when you got home late because back in the day, uh, you turn on the TV and all they had was those little bars on the TV because they weren't broadcasting stuff early in the morning. And there wasn't just cable TV 24-7 going on. And uh, you didn't have that. And you couldn't just pick up your cell phone and be doing some instant messaging with friends because that wasn't around yet as well. If you wanted to talk to a friend, you had to pick up the phone in the kitchen and dial somebody's number. But at early in the morning, you don't want the phone ring. At your friend's house, and waking up his parents. So you're just sort of left on your own. And some of you are like, How old are you that you don't have things? And so especially like, I, like, really? Like, there was a day before 24 7 news and phones that you could be connected all of the time. And what I found myself doing, because I was so hopped up on caffeine by the time I got home from Little Caesars, I couldn't go to sleep. And so I would find myself wandering outside to sit on our patio. And I would just sit up and then look, look at the stars. That's not me or my, my backyard. backyard. I, just I just love that picture. picture By the way. It's just really cool. Well, and that's what, what I would do. do. And, and I literally, literally sit on, on my back porch and I just ask God questions. Ask God questions, ask God questions like, why God? Like, how many stars how are there are in, in the sky? sky? Just, just hoping, hoping God, God would, somehow would somehow just answer me back. back Or I just reflect on what's the meaning of life? Why am I here? What is it that you want me to do? Are you real, God? Do you hear everything that goes on? I have these little conversations as a high school kid sitting on my back porch where I grew up. And I I realize that in the world we live in today, uh, it's really difficult to stop and to unplug and to disconnect from the world and to engage in moments of wonder.
1: But that's what we want to do today. Today. I encourage you to do that on your own sometime. But in case some of you
0: are not going to take that challenge up, uh, we want to do that this morning. And so what I want to do is help you to see that a little bit. And I want to jump off uh, by starting in um, one of my favorite psalms. And Psalm I love the psalms in general because they're so full of passion and so full of just brutal honesty with God. David writes this looking at verse 3. When I consider your heavens... And And that's that's what we we want to do today. today. We We want to just pause for a moment and and consider your heavens, God, God, the work of of your fingers, the moon, and the stars which you have set in place. place. I don't really want to blow your mind uh, right off the bat, but I think it's a good place uh, to start. And I want to jump to the very last book in the Bible, in Revelation. And in, in Revelation, some people are really scared by the book. But I, I studied that book when I was in seminary. I taught through that book. I love that book. I've read it several times. And, and John gets taken up into heaven, and he hears the voice of Jesus. And then he turns around to see the voice of Jesus, and he records this is what he saw. He saw in his, in Jesus' right hand, he held seven stars. Now we we find out later the seven stars represent the seven churches that are going to be written about in Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3, but he's holding seven stars, and coming out of his mouth was a sharp double-edged sword. His face was like the sun, shining in all of its brilliance.
1: And out of all the analogies that John could have used in this moment, I love the fact that he used stars.
0: And maybe it's because he had looked up in the sky so many times and considered the heavens and wondered about what was there. But what we know about stars today, this is where I think it's absolutely amazing. Because you think about the stars, and, and the most famous one that we know of is our sun. That's a pretty big star, pretty significant in our life and in our planet. But But you you realize realize when we think about the earth and the size of the earth, that you can put 1.3 million of those earths inside a sun. And the sun is not even the biggest one in in our our galaxy galaxy and in our solar system. And so you think about the sheer size of stars. How big does God have to be (laughs) to be holding seven stars? That's the picture that John wanted us to have. This is how great is our God. So So you can pick pick any stars you want. Pick any seven you want out of the galaxy. There you are there. there. Um, Pick any ones you want. want. And And just just imagine um, seeing God in all his glory and shining like the sun and holding seven stars. And how big does God have to be to hold seven stars in his hand? And what would happen
1: if you saw God with that kind of glory and that kind of majesty,
0: with that kind of power? Well, John John describes what happened to him him next, the very next verse. When I saw him, I fell at his feet feet as though dead. Of course he did. (laughs) Then he placed his right hand on me. Evidently, he moved the stars in the other hand, or juggled them, did whatever he he had to do, do, and and placed placed his hand on me and said, don't be afraid. I am the first, and I am am the last. And I'm going to say this next thing, not to offend anybody, but to challenge us in our thinking. Your God isn't big enough. My God God isn't big big enough. I I don't fully fully understand understand and comprehend the weightiness and and the sheer awesomeness of our God. God. And And I know you don't. And the reason I can say that is because because if you really knew the sheer weightiness of God, I have a feeling um, I wouldn't wouldn't be talking talking right right here, and you you wouldn't wouldn't be be sitting right there. At at worst, we would be all on our faces on the ground just crying out, God, have mercy on me and don't look at me and and wondering if we're we're not going to be a vapor in a moment in in that. If we sure understood the weightiness of God, uh, we wouldn't be worshiping the way we worship.
1: (laughs) We would transform the way we are living our lives. Our God certainly isn't
0: big enough. But what I love about God is God doesn't reveal himself all at once to you. Because Because if God God did, it would just blow your mind. mind. And And God God knows knows you you can't can't handle that.
1: And so so what does God do?
0: Well, you begin with a little experience of God, God, and another another experience of God, and another experience of God, and and you you move along the way. And And then you finally discover how just small and insignificant you are, but yet yet how loved you are by God. God. And so what I want to do um, today is give you just a little picture um, of this, and and how can you begin to see God for bigger and for who he really is. And I think the first step of that is just to acknowledge uh, what Peter, James, and John did on the mountain, that it's good to be in the presence of God. It's a wonderful place to be. You know, Pastor Tim this morning led the Step 1 class, and he did that for me. I often we schedule those on days I'm not preaching, and the schedule just worked out that um, that's the way it was. And, and so one of the things I love about going through the Step 1 class and hearing people's stories about how God has interacted in their lives, I'll often ask the question, what was it that brought you, or what was your experience like the first time you came to St. John? And inevitably, inevitably, I usually hear um, one of two things. things. Number one one is, I I felt welcomed welcomed and loved from the moment I walked in the door. People said, hello to me, greeted me. It It just seemed like a really friendly place. Wonderful characteristic to have. The 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 second second one one I really, really love is that I felt the presence of God the the moment I walked in the door. I thought, man, that's that's what I want everybody to experience. That's what I want everybody to see. I want them to feel the presence of God because it's good to be in the presence of God. Maybe that is the reason that some of you came here this morning. because 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 I love coming coming to worship, because I just feel close to God in that moment. I feel like God God is there, and when when we're around around other believers, there's something powerful that that happens when you gather together and lift up the name of Jesus collectively, that it's wonderful to be in the presence of God. God. But But, but but you can't can't stay there. there. You know know that, right? right? I, I love what Peter, James, and John did, and Peter who often um, spoke before he really thought about things, uh, here's what he said in Matthew, um, Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it's good for us to be here up on the mountain, you're transfigured before us this is amazing, and, and you with Moses and Elijah, if, if you wish I'm going to put up three shelters, one for you Moses and Elijah, we don't need one, we'll just stay and look at the stars, we'll just be in awe of you, this is great, we never have to go down to the bottom of the mountain and deal with life again, we'll never have another care concern we can just stand here and be in in your your presence, presence. this This is is awesome. But But you you don't get a chance to to just just stay up at the mountaintop. mountaintop. I remember when I was in high school, uh, the very first time that I sensed God, God speaking to me. And I've not shared the story before, so I won't go into the story, story but um, I was in my junior year, and I was wrestling with what I was, was gonna do with my life, because I could feel that weightiness of, of like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a senior, senior next, next year, year and, and then, then I, I go, go off, off to college, and I don't know what I'm, what I'm gonna do, and I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do, my parents were constantly asking me, and I felt their pressure on me to do what you want. And so I had three hours, to had to collect money for band, so there I am, and I'm like, I'm gonna sign up to bare minimum, i do not really interested in collecting money. And, and so they, they gave me the worst, worst shift ever. I had a 2 o'clock to 5 o'clock in the afternoon shift at Big Boy a Restaurant. And, and for those of you who like, grew up north, like are Big Boy. Like it literally was a Big Boy on a little thing kind of stuff. And I was there, and nobody was at that restaurant. And so it gave me a lot of time to talk to God, and that's what I did. It's God, I don't know. What it is it you want me to do? I've got some dreams my plan, but I don't really know. And I don't have a piece. I don't know what I'm doing. My parents are me. What is it? If there's something you want me to do, let me know. And I very clearly, in that moment of just quietness, Sitting, sitting in that, that park parking lot all by myself, I, I distinctly, distinctly heard God, God say, no, "No, I got God plans for you, John. I want you to go, go in ministry." ministry. And, I and I said, "Well, well that's, that's great God, except I don't want to go in ministry." ministry. So, so is there, is there like, like number two? Can I choose
1: <laughs> another? <laughs>
0: round to go, and he just kept over and over, and I remember that moment, like, wow, God is real, like, he is speaking to me, and he communicated ways, and I'll share the story if you haven't heard it before, just let me know, and I'll be happy to share it again with you, but it was, like, a holy moment spot for me, that was a mountaintop experience, where God is very clearly communicating, I sense him just being present here, and so, because I still have family and friends who live up in Michigan, I travel up there, try to get up at least once a year, and one of those trips that I was up there, I said, I want to go back, To that that big boy boy restaurant restaurant where where God God first first spoke to me. me. And I want to see if he's got, got anything else he, he wants to say to, to me. Because that was like holy ground, ground kind of space. And, and that would be sort of cool. And so I look up the address of that big boy restaurant in Farmington Hills. Hills and, and I go there, and uh, it's closed. Um, and, and I didn't even it was like late at night. It was like closed permanently kind, kind of thing. They removed moved the big boy sign off. And it was just weeds growing up everywhere. I'm like, well, this isn't what I really imagined it to look like anymore. But it still could be a holy spot. And I remember standing in that parking lot where I was standing as a little kid. And I like, OK. I'm waiting. What do you want to tell me? You know, kind of stuff. And I'm waiting for just, just a new presence of God kind of moment. And God's very clearly saying, you don't get, get to go back to moments, John. You, there's another moment for, for you. you. There's new things for you. Don't worry about going back all the time. And, and, and so being in the presence of God is a good thing. There's nothing wrong with being in the presence of God. But there's more. And, and there's more that God wants to reveal to you. And that more is it, simply... Uh, what, what better, better is doing what he says. That's better than, than just being in the presence of God, God is doing what he says. And, and this is why I love how God breaks into the conversation because Peter's had this conversation with Jesus and building some shelters and it's gonna be wonderful. And I love how Matthew records to Take a look at what he says in the very next verse. While, While he, he was, was still speaking. speaking. So Peter's Peter's going on, on, and on and on and on and on and on. And God, and God just breaks in with a bright, and bright cloud. And, and he covers them. them and, and a voice from the cloud said, this is my son, whom I love. With, with him I am, I am well pleased. Listen, listen to him. Now, what you probably, probably need to know uh, about Jewish thought when it comes to listening, uh, in Hebrew, there is not a word for obey. obey, it literally is to listen, that's what to listen is, listen is synonymous with obeying, shema. And so you'll see that every once in a while, where my people hear my voice, but they don't listen to me, mean, they're not obeying me. And, and so, so that's, that's what this is taught. Listen to, Listen to him. Not just hear the words of Jesus, but follow him. That's yeah. what it means to follow Jesus. It's not, it's not just hear the words of Jesus, know a little bit about Jesus, come, come to, worship Jesus to worship Jesus on a Sunday. To follow Jesus means to do what Jesus did and, and to follow what he said to do. This is is why why Peter, Peter, in the book of Acts, after Jesus ascends into heaven and the church is just beginning to explode, that he begins to tell people, he goes back to something Moses said, and he said, Moses said, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You must listen, Shema, to everything he tells you. Anyone who does not Shema listen to him will be completely cut off from their people. And to be honest with you, I, I think this is why so many people are missing out on the presence of God.
1: Because they're not doing what he says.
0: Ah, oh, i am come to worship you. i gonna have a good experience and feel good. And I'm going to go out and live my life any way I want to go live my life. And then when you do that, you cut yourself off from the presence and the power of God. And we wonder why we don't have God-like experiences. Because we're not living in the direction that God wants us to live. And so we miss out on that. And so it's good to be in the presence of God. It's much better to do what he says. You can't keep hardening your hearts and expect to experience the power and the presence of God. So it's good to be in the presence of God. It's better to do what he says. But it's best to understand our utter dependence on God.
1: Pastor Jim mentioned uh, in a sermon that he did in December, it was supposed to be my week.
0: But on Monday uh, evening, we're walking away from the gym, my wife and daughter and I, were taking her back from Taekwondo, and, and I'm walking out of the gym, and I'm like, oh, man, I don't feel so good. And my wife looked at me, she goes, did you work out too hard? I'm like, no, I, I, really, I just stretched, I worked out early in the morning, I really didn't do anything strenuous. I just don't feel, I feel achy and feverish. And, and, uh, and she goes, oh man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And, and you ever, ever have one of these moments, I'll just confess this before you, because I, in my mind, I, I thought what she was saying when she said, oh, I'm really sorry, I meant that I thought that she was doing that sarcastically, like, oh, this is the man, man flu coming on, that's, that's what this is. And she was genuinely concerned, and and she was genuinely concerned like, my welfare, welfare kind of thing, thing. but I instantly went into, no, I really am sick, I'm going to prove it to you when I get home, I'm going to take my temperature, you're going to be sorry. She's like, no, I'm genuinely sorry for you, why are you jumping? I don't feel good. And so, and so I went to a little over 100. 100 you know, and it's, it's like, okay, okay it's not that's that bad. I have a fever. we the next week, 101. And, and then that afternoon, 102. And the next morning, 103. And I'm like, man, I really and don't feel and well. So, and so finally, finally, I dragged myself to the doctor because that's my last option kind of thing. thing when you feel like you just already die and go to the doctor. And then suddenly, in the testimony. It you got um type A flu. And so, yeah, you're going to be out for a while. You just need to just do nothing, put yourself in a dark room and just relax. I'm like, well, I'm preaching on Sunday. He's like, you might want to get sub for that because you're not going to have the energy. I'd uh, preach, and I'm like, well, oh, I think I'll be fine. And, and uh, by Thursday, I'm like, Tim, can you? Yeah, I'll take care of it. It'd be great. Thank you. And, and I literally, I'm literally, like, well, I can catch up on Netflix. I can do all kinds of stuff. It'd be great. I couldn't watch anything. Like, It hurt my eyes to look at the iPad screen at all, I'm just listening. It was anything, like light. I couldn't keep food down. It was just a miserable, miserable kind of week. And so all you can do, really, in that moment is just sleep, which I did a lot of, and, and you can think. And I, I remember, remember thinking in, in that, that moment, moment, I'm like, a, a little, little tiny flu virus somewhere I picked up and, <laughs> and got it in my body. One I can't even see.
1: see this <laughs> tiny little, little thing of that. And, and it, it got it in my body, and, and, and it is just destroyed. destroyed. You know, you know my, my, like, like, I can't, I can't function, function anymore. anymore. I, I'm, I'm exhausted getting, getting out of bed. bed.
0: That's, That's you know, how havoc, it just wreaked over my body. And I remember that moment going, I am completely dependent upon God. Like, my body didn't have the strength. And, and you know what that feels like. like. You've, been You've been through, through that, that before, before where right? you're just like, I am completely dependent on God. I don't, I don't know, know if I'm, I'm going to make, make it through, through this. So maybe you have seen loved ones go through, through that cancer. cancer. And I don't, I don't, I don't know, know if, if I'm, I'm going to make, make it. it. <laughs> and, and I'm, I'm completely, completely, utterly dependent on, dependent on God, God for my, God my very next breath. Maybe, maybe that's why the psalmist wrote these beautiful words. I love this. Surely God is my help. The Lord is the one who sustains me. I, I, wonder, I wonder if, if that's, that's not God's, God's reason every once in a while, because I, I you know, be pretty tough and pretty sure of myself and pretty confident, and, confident and, uh, and I, feel, I feel good, I feel strong. God's like, you know, he, he needs, needs the flu. <laughs> he needs <laughs> a reminder that he's dependent on me, me. that he, he might think he's tough, tough, but he's not all that tough when we take him down, down with the flu. <laughs> And so, and so I, I wonder, wonder if God, God doesn't do that every once in a while just to just get, get us back, back to, to this point so, so we can experience the power and the presence of God, God and realize our smallness and we realize the greatness of our God, that everything we do is dependent on him. And if you're a follower of Jesus, you take this to a deeper level because not only physically, in every breath that we take, are we dependent on God because he could take that away at any minute. But spiritually, we are dependent on him because if you follow Jesus, you come to the realization that I, I can't do it.
1: Man, I want to do it, and I don't. Like, I set my heart and my desire to follow Jesus, but I end up doing my own thing, and I, I do, do things that I don't want to do, and I don't do things I should do, and I say things I should say, and I mess things up all the time.
0: And you realize at that moment, I can't make it right with God. And so you find yourself, if you're a serious follower of Jesus, I am completely dependent on God to fix this mess I made in my life. And this is what I love about our God. He's like, I, I know. That's, That's why, why I came, came into, into the world. world. That's, That's why, why I created the world. And when it brought order in the chaos, chaos. This, this is, is what, what I'm doing throughout history. history. It's bringing order where there's chaos. That's, That's why, why Jesus, Jesus came, came into, into the world. world. I came to, to live, live among you and you live a perfect life. life and then I'll, and I'll die. That perfect life, life will sacrifice itself so, so that, that your sins can be paid for and forgiven. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to build a rocket to get to me. I love you. And I want to be with you. So So we realize realize that everything we do is is dependent on on him, our our creator. I don't have eloquent enough enough words to to describe describe what I want to describe to you. you. And And I'm not smart enough to really describe this this to you. Uh, So rather, rather I'd like to to show you this, to just help you get a a glimpse of, of, uh, again, again, just how small we are and how how dependent we are upon God who created uh, the universe. universe. So take a look at this mm There, everything that's out there, why God? I think Paul begins to answer that question when he writes to Roman Christians uh, in Romans chapter 1, verse 20, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, his divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without an excuse. All I gotta yeah, do is, is just stop and, and consider. Look up, up in the stars in the sky, and all of it gives glory to the God, God who created it all.
1: King David, as he, he finishes up Psalm 8, 8 begins to reflect, and as he considers these things, things you know, know, who are we, God, God that you wouldn't even care uh, about us?
0: But here's, here's his, his response, response to, to that, starting, starting in verse five. You have, have made them, you've made us humans. humans. A little lower than the angels, angels and yet, yet you've crowned them with glory and honor. You made them rulers over the work of, of your hands and put everything under their feet. And got us, the small, little, insignificant people. This, this is what you've done. You crowned us with glory and honor, made us made rulers, put everything under our feet. All the flocks and the herds, the animals, the wild, birds, the sky, the fish, and the, the fish sea, all the swim, the paths of the sea. sea. Lord, our Lord, Man, how, how majestic, majestic is your name <laughs> in all of the earth. earth. So, so what exactly can't God, God do for you? And God you can put, put the stars in place and the galaxies.
1: And if all of that is there for the glory of God, God what exactly, exactly do you think God can can't do, do for you? you?
0: Do you think, think that God, God can't bring about reconciliation, reconciliation in, a in a broken relationship? Do you think, think God can't, can't cure cancer? cancer that just at a word, word God, God would speak and cancer, cancer has to go away? Do you, Do you not, not believe that God, God can heal every disease and illness? Man, our God is <laughs> too, <laughs> too small. <laughs> and and when so often we think way, way too little of, little of him. him. God who has all the power, just spoke the universe into existence. Uh, he is still active and present and wants to transform lives. This, this is the business that God is in.
1: And so do we launched this year.
0: And in just a moment, I want to invite you uh, to come forward and pray uh, with people and have people pray over you. Because <laughs> we expect God to do, God can do miraculous things. All the creation cries out, God, you are miraculous. And so we want to ask him to do the same thing here.